Hey everyone, welcome to Absolute Comics, the show that Sal and I bring to you every Tuesday at about 5 p.m. Eastern. I had to think of it off the top of my head, Sal. Uh, today <laughs> is a special Friday edition. For those of you who watch the show regularly, you'll be aware that there was no Tuesday show. Sal, did you know that we weren't here Tuesday? Yeah, I noticed we were on Tuesday when we were not doing the show. <laughs> uh, long story short, we had a snow problem, couldn't get the whole team to the office, so we just took the whole day off as a snow day. But Sal and I loved doing this show so much that we were like, immediately I called them up, what day do you want to do a makeup? So we decided to do it on Friday. Now, there's going to be a couple of changes to a Friday edition Absolute Comics that I want to go over. One, we're not going to talk about last week's comics. Like in general, we'll talk about a couple things, but the comic book talk will be low. And the reason for that is simple. Uh, last week's comics are kind of old and Sal and I don't catch up on the current books until the weekend normally, unless it's like a huge title, like exactly. the finality to ceased or something like that. Uh, that's just because we both do our shows on Monday. So you like to keep things fresh in your mind. That's, that's the big reason we don't read to the weekends. Yeah. So... That's one thing. The second change to a Friday episode is uh, some of this news may be a little older because it was supposed to be talked about three days ago. So keep that in mind when we're going through some of these topics where you're, everyone's like, uh, guys, you're late. We know. That's literally why we're doing the Friday episode. So Right. Yeah. No, it's true. And, and it's, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's, a, it's a topical, weekly, disposable show. Like, mm -hmm. we're going to have things, especially when it comes to leaks, that are like, yo, those leaks aren't real. Or, hey, those leaks were confirmed. Like, yeah. Of course. Check the date. <laughs> so I just wanted to put that little caveat out there. Like Friday episode, for the most part, is going to be a pretty much normal episode. Just we'll have a little bit lower on comic books and we'll have very well. Some of the stuff might be a little dated. That's about it, though. Yeah, so. But heavy on the fun and the conversation. Trust. Uh, you can't promise them show. fun. Now, if we don't deliver fun, Sal, we've just uh, we've ruined it. It's fun as subjective, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, so this is a little bit different. What did you do this week? Because like, oh, I don't man. know. I haven't, uh, I haven't spoken to you that's since That's true. Monday. Yeah, we haven't really, like, we haven't really caught up this week. Um, yeah. But I will say, uh, you know, we shot our show. Uh, you know, we had a good time. Uh, ben wasn't around, so it was a Ben-less episode. Um, Does that make it better or worse? Uh, you know, it, it, they're so different. <laughs> like, Ben episodes add a, de add a very distinct flavor to them that, uh, you know, that was conspicuously absent. But you know what? Like, Tiffany and Ethan have an amazing chemistry, and I love seeing them play off each other. So for that, I'm, I'm grateful uh, so, yeah, we just, we shot the show, you know, I hung out. I wanted to see Terminator f f 6 or whatever, but, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it isn't out yet. I gotta go wait until tonight or maybe tomorrow. Yeah, with Terminator 6, I found it a bit weird in general, uh, because everyone told me it was coming out this week, and I was like, what? No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, and by the way, like, what is it with, uh, you know, I, I, I read about all these people getting these, like, invites to see Terminator, and I'm like... Man, I love Terminator. Why again? I get an inv invitation. You know, yeah. I know they're having premieres in New York. Come on, call me. I want to see Terminator <laughs> early. I'm happy Makes to lie. Sense. I'll be like, yeah, it's amazing. Like, come on. <laughs> Wasn't it that was convincing? the most incredible thing I ever saw. It was better than T2. My T2. credibility's out the window, but you let me go see it early, so I'm exactly. cool Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. I'll see The Spirit 2 for free. Are you kidding me? Come on, let's go. Uh, so actually, it's funny because I don't know if I told you this. Uh, I'll, I'll talk this real quick before we go into these topics, and this should make a longer episode. But I know exactly what you're talking about, the dynamic. So when we were making the 90,000 podcasts that we run out of the <laughs> office here, yeah. uh, initially I was on almost all of them. 
And what we discovered as time went on, there was two reasons for that. One, I was supposed to be on them all initially. Right. But we quickly realized it's very taxing on me and I'm out of town a lot. So it becomes very difficult to do that. Yeah. Uh, the second reason was I had to kind of hype up the cast that we have here so that people would want to see them. Two <laughs> shows in particular, we discovered work 10 times better if I'm not on them. <laughs> Even the audience enjoys them better. Hmm. Uh, Tales of Earth. I just, I have ADD. So when Gary goes on his little tangents where he just talks for 20 minutes about the actual conspiracy, I have a tendency to get very distracted by the Twitch chat right. or whatever's happening on Twitter or the latest business email I got. It's all business related, but I become a little more focused into that and then it lose track of some of the things he said. Mm -hmm. We discovered overall that the conspiracy crowd did not like that. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very different audience. They, they, yeah. they, expect, uh, they expect it to be cold hard facts about this made up thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I dropped off of that show. The other one, which you'll surprisingly, the comic book review show. What? Worked better <laughs> without me. No, that's insane. So, so Andy's a longtime fan, but he's also a writer and he overanalyzes things. Right. Dan is a new fan who overanalyzes things, but from a different point of view. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy that has to cram out 30 books and doesn't remember half the storyline sometimes because they weren't <laughs> interesting. True. So it turned into a better discussion between Andy and Dan if I wasn't there. And it started mm. with the three of us, but like we, we had the same issue we used to have with the weekly poll where sometimes we'd step on each other's toes or yeah. I wanted to talk about this and stuff like that. So it just became overall easier to manage if it was generally a Dan and Andy show. And so now I just pop up if it's a book that neither of them are reading and I'm all in on, you know? Totally. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that's great. That's the, that's, the, that's the best part about being like a proud father of a podcast network is being able to just pass it on. Just being like, no, you can do it. You fly, baby bird. Go and make your Sure, and, and I, I wish that wings. was the reason, but it really just was like, oh, cool, uh, they're doing this. I can play Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, that, that's, no, we tell them that they're spreading their wings, but really we're all just secretly playing our own destinies and just going off and doing, doing something else. <laughs> we'd much rather we're doing is that after you're doing, you're just doing, we're all playing Destiny on the side. We're all playing our Destiny. Yeah, that'd be amazing if we're all part of some, like, guild. And we didn't even know. Yeah. We're like, what? You play Destiny on, on Tuesdays? I do that. No, do you run with these people? Do you? Were you in the raid last night? Yeah. Oh, crap. I wasn't mic'd. Yeah. So, no, that's great. How was your Halloween? Uh, awesome, because I didn't do anything. I <laughs> ate Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and played Destiny. <laughs> nice. Did you get Halloween event? So I was getting spooky. Spooky Destiny game. Yeah. We got one. We turned the lights off, but before the sun went down, we got one that Natalie, she ran downstairs. So they go to the door, right? We hear ding dong, and Natalie blitzes downstairs to where I'm at in the office. She's like, Joe, go get the door. And I'm like, what? She goes, we're hiding from the kids. I'm like, we are, we have candy. I mean, once the right. sun goes down, the lights are off. We could just give this one kid candy. No, don't answer the door. They'll all be coming to the door. I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to the topics then. So we, let's, let's, let's stop rambling. In. This yeah, is the part please. of the show. Everyone skips. Like, oh my God. I don't care about you as a people. I just want to know what you think. Wait, wait, hold on. I got, I have a better, a better thing. Cause now they've all skipped to this part of the show, right? Yeah. Welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome to the show. We're sponsored by G Fuel. Go Ooh. check out G Fuel <laughs> and at your checkout. Use the code COMICS. <laughs> yeah, G Fuel's yeah. good, by the way. I, you, you, you've converted my entire team to G Fuel. You Seriously, bastard. Yeah, like are they at least using the code so we get a kickback? <laughs> literally, Tiffany and Ben turned to me the other day and they were like, "So the the G Fuel thing." I'm like, "What about it?" They're like, "We all like it." <laughs> 
I did. Did I ever tell? Okay, I, people are gonna hate me if they jump to this point. Did I ever tell you how we got that deal and how I I basically shit on G Fuel to no. get that deal? <laughs> no, so I've never heard of it. My gaming chat can vouch for it, but the running joke was because I always thought that the energy powder esports thing was dumb. Yeah, the only ones that ever tried did not taste good, and I always drank Monster and coffee. That's basically what I drank, right? Right. And so the ongoing joke had become with my Final Fantasy fourteen streams that. Uh, G Fuel is horrendous. We're never going to try it, and it'll be hilarious if they were to sponsor a Final Fantasy 14 streamer. Yeah. Um, and so Dan and me in Houston grabbed a couple G Fuel tubs because we were going to take the joke one step further right. and like drink it on stream and be like, oh, it's so bad. Why would you do that? <laughs> but we all liked it. So that's the, the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the joke then flipped from make fun of G Fuel to like, Dude, could we become the the Final Fantasy fourteen comic book guy for right? G Fuel? <laughs> and they were like, "Yes, please." So I never reached out to them. I didn't talk to them. I just thought it'd be funny because they're known for like big names in esports. So I'm like, they're, yeah. not, they're not gonna they're not gonna care about the the comic book guy that doesn't get a lot of upfront views or the Final Fantasy fourteen streamer that gets a hundred viewers. They don't. They're not gonna care. Yeah. Um. But I ran into them at an event and I got introduced to the community guy. So I told him that story. I was like, haha, and he goes, well, do you want to be? And I'm like, kind of, and he goes, we can work it out. I'm like, are we still joking? Right? I feel like we're all going to dinner now. <laughs> and then you did, and you got it. Yeah, no, we, we went to a Chinese place with a giant table in the middle that you can spin it around. So you yay. Get like, yay, those are awesome. Oh, yes. I'm going to take it to you. I know you have them in, in Jersey, but I'm going to take you to the one we went to in LA just to give you, an, give you a trip to LA. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. All right. That'd be great. You want to hit the topics now, then? Let's do it. And, and uh, for a record, yes, uh, go use the code COMICS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your order. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and kick off the original discussion Black Label. So, Constantine Black Label got announced. Yeah. Um, here's, and I agree with this, what Dan said yesterday. And I wanted to throw this to you, which is why I wanted to turn this part of our discussion into just Black Label in general. Sure. Black Label's original announcement was going to be the darker, the edgier, the more mature versions of your favorite superheroes that you cannot get in the normal DC line, and they proved that by showing us Batman's penis. Right. For those, for those of you guys who don't know, that was not a mistake. That was 100% intentional. They even had uh, nude Harley Quinn lined up for the next issue. Yep. Um, Batman White Knight was supposed to come out with naked Harley Quinn in it. Uh, yep. As a matter of fact, those pages are out there. You can actually see before he colored them in what naked Harley Quinn was supposed to look like. Um, true. I'm, I'm just saying, like, this was supposed to, like, at the time. No, it's true. Um, yeah, there is, yeah, there's precedent. We, we know it exists. There, it's out there. Well, and that was the plan. That was the, the well, yeah. and it wasn't like it's going to be the, the sex version of the DC Universe. It was literally just going to be like, these are the mature books. These are the books for adults. And right. we're going to prove that by making more adult-oriented content and the stuff you can't, that you've never seen in a DC, in a DC comic before. Right. Well, and that was the whole point. And I feel like just like a lot of R-rated movies throw like, well, this girl got topless just to get us the R. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's what DC Black Label is trying to do. They're like, we'll just have a topless Harley Quinn. That'll get headlines. Um, it it people, did. People don't, well, yeah. And people aren't even aware of this, but they were even going to release the uh, full version of Killing Joke that actually showed Joker did rape Barbara Gordon as I, opposed I to it was just lying. I didn't realize that was the case. I thought it was just that they were like the the photos that the Joker took were more graphic. Maybe that was it. I mean, they I never came out, so I, I don't have like anything to work off of here. Because as I recall, what's it called? Uh, when they asked Alan Moore about it, or, or or Brian Boland, I can't recall which one, but one of them said, um, one of them was asked, "Hey, did the Joker rape Harley Quinn?" They're like, "What?" 
<laughs> like they, they right. were like, that was not the plan. I mean, like, okay. or at the very least, like, that was not our intent. Right, but, right. Uh, okay. Well, then, then, I, then I just did the rumor mill. The problem is, um, basically, the problem with that kind of thing is, is like they say something and then it just runs wild. Exactly. Just, just like the the whole thing with the killing joke of Batman killed the Joker, then the killing joke. No, he didn't. Like the definitive answer is he did not. But I think Alan Moore, somebody said at one point that he intended to kill Batman. Batman have Batman kill the Joker, but right. DC stopped it early, and that became no, 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 no. Batman oh, kills yeah. the Joker. I'm like, no, it's no, it's not it. Right, no, it, it, like, yeah, uh, I don't think anyone expected The Killing Joke to be in continuity, especially the people who created it. They were kind of like, we're just doing the story, and then they were like, oh, yeah. it's awesome, let's make it a thing that happened, and yeah. Moore's like, whoa, 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 no, but we shot, we, 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 we paralyzed Barbara, and they're like, yeah, that's awesome, and he's like, oh, Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Black Label was supposed to be this big deal, and then as as everyone knows, they came out with the Batman penis. WB came in and was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, which for the life of me, and we I did a whole video about it a while back, but like basically the short version is that sucks because you had money on the table, you just left there because like yeah. you had late night talk show hosts talking about a Batman book, and yes, were they making fun of the concept? Yeah, it's the lowest hanging fruit. Those guys are obviously going to do that. But you missed an opportunity for Jim Lee or DiDio or anybody else to go out on those shows, sit on the couch and go, yeah, you know what? You, you, you want to spend nine bucks? You can see Batman's dong. But for the, for the added price of admission, you also get a damn good story. And then yeah. all of a sudden, the books sell like, like crazy. Instead, what they do, they pulled the first issue off shelves and pulped it. You'll they never did. see that. It, yeah. it's, it, it was ridiculous the way they did that. Um, and yeah. and, and for our chats are like, did WB not know? No, they obviously didn't because they had to. I'm, yeah, they went through and did a whole shakeup at DC and like changed people's jobs and fired a bunch of people. They're yeah. like, what were you doing? Batman's our biggest character. We cannot have naked Batman out there. <laughs> right. Which for my own money, I don't understand why. I think that's dumb. It's not like children were buying Batman down by accident and finding like <laughs> that situation. It, it, I think it was a, I think it was a bonehead move. No yeah, no, I agree with you on that. So the, we've seen a complete change in the way that DC Black Label has been handling itself. Yeah. Um, and this is where I don't. The, you know, let me ask you this, Sal. Okay. With the way it's coming out now, what is DC Black Label? If I were to ask you, oh, what is this? What would yeah. you tell me? I, I'd tell you it's a PG thirteen plus imprint. Okay. That's exactly because the I, issue is like Andy and Dan were saying, it's supposed to be like the uh, the more extreme stories, but not yes. just regular Elseworlds and stuff like that. Either. Right. And if you look at it, as much as I love things like Last Night on Earth, that is a normal Batman book. Scott Snyder is treating that as his book. ending. Like, yeah. No, well, like, and then you have the retroactive reprintings of like All-Star Superman. That's a yep. black label book too. White Knight wasn't an, wasn't a black label book until they reprinted it, and now it's a black label book. There's all kinds of killing. But they also didn't add in the the nudity that he wanted to put into the book, so it's just White Knight is a black label book. That's all it is. Right. So I I don't really think they know what black label is, but there was a lot of money and publishing initiative behind it. So they can't just say, okay, well the whole thing was a bust. We're just gonna call. It, we're just gonna put a rating on the comic. No. Now we can say like, eh, because the thing is. It, Black Label is supposed to be, you put the imprint on it, you know, based on the logo, that it's for adults. That's the end right. of it. But then you put the logo on things like All-Star Superman, and you're like, well, what the hell is this? 
That's, that's not just for, and that's the issue because like we just had Joe Hill come out with a whole bunch of horror books, which by yeah. the way, I didn't find out until yesterday. Apparently he's Stephen King's son. Yeah. Well, he wanted I, to, he changed a pen name so he wouldn't get lumped in with his dad so he could actually make it on his own, which I think is well, really cool. he, he, I actually applaud him for that because I had no idea and I do like his writing. I had no yeah. idea that it's Stephen King's son, son, but he's got four books that are basically vertigo books now. Right. And I think he <laughs> has his own weirdo like imprint called Hill House or yeah. something to that yeah. effect. Um, but I, isn't that also a black label book? It is a black label. It's like an imprint inside of an imprint. Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> Hill House and black label. Now, now, okay, now you're getting ridiculous. Like, what even is this supposed to be? <laughs> and, th- and that's what the question is. I, For the record, I love the black label books. I have totally. been loving them. They've been really good, but are they Elseworlds? Are they indie books? Are, right. are they uh, mature books? Are they... I- just classic stories turned into black label, like All Star Superman. It feel, or is it all the above? <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it's litter because it's one of those syndrome situations where, like, if everyone's super, nobody is. Like, if if black label applies to like everything, then black label's literally nothing. Like, it's it's yeah. just it's just an imprint they use interchangeably with what they probably used to use. Or like, I, I, is Watchmen a black label book? Will be. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the logo is on their covers of the new prints, and I'm like, um, no. Like, it's not even a I DC. Want, it's practically not even a DC book, but whatever. Like, I'm wondering know. if they're just kind of turning Black Label into more of the prestigious line. Yeah, that'd be okay. I mean, like, if they want to do that, well, uh, and just say that's at, like, what they're doing, though. That's all I need. I just need to know that that's what Black Label is, and that right. And then you can even pitch it like, oh, it's a Black Label book. Oh man, that mean must mean it's good. It kind of reminds me almost like um, remember back in PlayStation One day, and I know you played <laughs> PlayStation One. I did, yeah. But whenever you saw the green bar, you knew the game was good because it sold a ton. You know what I'm saying? The greatest hits la- label. So yeah, maybe that's what Black Label's becoming more of the greatest it hits line be. of DC. Or I, w- I would go so far as if you're a movie buff, you know, the Criterion Collection. <laughs> Which wouldn't make sense if we weren't also getting new books under this label. No. And that's the thing. Like, you got All-Star Superman and also Frank Miller's Superman Year One. And they're both <laughs> very different, but also equally not adult. You know, they're right. basically just interchangeable with the books that are on the shelves. It's just that they're both out of continuity. I mean, I, I don't, don't count Curse of the White the, Knight. The Black if you, Label if, thing, they... I was going to say, with White Knight, I don't consider it a black label book. I, when you were going to add nudity in there, so it's almost like the, the the unrated director's cut, cool. But if you're just re-releasing White Knight as is, that's yeah. a very PG-13 book. Like, uh, Absolutely. The only thing about it, and I noticed like with uh, with um, the sequel, uh, I don't remember what it's called. Curse of the White Knight. Thank you. Uh, with Curse of the White Knight, that book does have at least cursing in it. Not really hard-edged cursing, but still more hard. Like, they, they, say, they say the S word where you would not find that in your regularly scheduled monthly Batman book. Right. You know, and I, I almost feel like Curse of the White Knight is being geared to be Black Label now. Totally. Like, like they went to Sean Gordon Murphy and they're like, hey, you're going to go under our adult line, so if you want to throw in some cursing, a little more extreme violence, if you want to if you want to portray the death of Gordon as like the death of RoboCop or the billion and one bullets hitting him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, and, and I think that's exactly right. Well, if you recall, uh, Murphy had said when he put out the original uh, White Knight, he had pages that he wanted to put out that were like more NC-17 and he was like, maybe what we can do is we can put out like a black and white version of the book. He didn't really even know there was going to be a black label thing and then when black label came out, he's like, oh, well, this is a perfect place and they were going to do that. Now it's like, because he had worked on 
Curse of the White Knight in the post-Black Label world, he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm just gonna do what I wanna do. And even then, he probably can't do everything he wants to do, because of course, you know. You probably had a bunch of naked people again. <laughs> I have a problem. I mean, like, of course. I mean, like, look, Harley's pregnant. I mean, you know, there's going to be a scene where she's either breastfeeding or she's going to, like, give birth. And we're not going to see anything like that either, which, you know, be, take that as you will. I don't think that's really a, a shame. I'm just saying, like, you know, there's opportunities. Plus, there's, right, like, there, right. there's opportunity for graphic violence, which, again, I, you know, I, I honestly feel like it might be exploitative at that point. Because, like, Murphy's art is so good. Oh, it really is. so excellent. I don't know if I want to see him, like lopping heads off and even though I did I don't know if that'd be even too graphic for his style so I don't know um, but, but Black okay. Label's a weird it's a quagmire I'm just I feel like I feel like DC I'll end with this thought on the Black Label topic sure. um, I don't feel like DC fully knows what they want to do with it now Nope. Like it was supposed to be the mature line, and that made total sense. Damnation, uh, Dam was in there. You yep. know, we had the the they were gonna th- they're gonna repepper in some old books with some nude scenes that the writers had drawn up. Yep. We like it made sense as to what it was, and the only oddball at that time was Last Night on Earth, because Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo. You're just like, okay, they're just they're using Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo to tell a cool story, but the only it's the only one that feels like it's really PG-13. Totally. Now there's so many things in it. I. Is, I don't even want to call it the prestige line. No. I, maybe it's the prestige format line because when the books yeah. are released, they come out like 60 pages thick. I think that's what it is. I think it's just like we want to put out more like perfect binding prestige format books. I mean, Last Night is the only one that isn't the oversized format either. Uh, no, it is. It is oversized. It's 60 pages. What? No, I know, but I mean, it's not like blown up. Like uh, uh, Damned and... Superman Year One and I think Harleen are all like this really extra big version of the book. Oh, I, I remember that from the damn because I couldn't find where to fit it. Exactly. <laughs> it's weirdly fit and I got the I got the bat penis. Where do I put it? <laughs> yeah. I have my copy as well. You know what uh, I just realized? I said that it's that the bat penis is weirdly thick. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what's it called? But but last night it's just it's just a regularly sized comic. It is oversized yeah. length, but it's still like it it looks really tiny in comparison to Batman Dan. Uh, by the way, if you want to store those, uh, get the magazine bags and boards. Those okay. fit perfectly. Uh, I will add one last thing to this and just see what you think about this because I have an sure. opinion on this. Uh, one of our chatters for the Twitch chat while we do this live asked, why do we think the Tales of the Dark Multiverse isn't a black label? I think that's because Tales of the Dark Multiverse is technically traditional canon. Right. Technically, oh. it is a world in the Dark Multiverse that could be visited or whatever by the individuals of the story. Hmm. So that's the only reason why I think it isn't. I think that Tales of the Dark Multiverse is not under Black Label because they don't need to push the envelope with them and they're quick and easy to make and they want to make them make more money. Like, they want them to just be out. Like, there's no reason to do it. But then again, if there's no reason to do it, there's no reason not to do it. So, but the only reason why I think they, I I honestly feel like the only reason they're not Black Label is because they didn't think of it. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, also, it's building up towards the crisis. Uh, Tempest Fugonaut is well, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's I'm... that thing. So it's in continuity. And that's what I mean. It's in canon. It's in continuity. They are, they are Elseworld stories, but those worlds are in continuity. He's going through and visiting them. This is what happened on these planets. Yeah. So. Yeah. Although last night is supposed to be like kind of technically connected to the Capullo Snyder run. So... You know, well, it is. Well. I, when, when I spoke with Scott Snyder about it, he basically said if he was allowed to just do an ending, this is what it would be. But he can't right. officially do that. So no, because they're not going to stop doing Batman. <laughs> right. Like uh, that'd be incredible if they did. But all right. Oh, I know. 
Let's talk about real quickly the Dark Multiverse Justice League. Um, so Dan posted this in our topics as a maybe, but we know for a fact that that the Batman Who Laughs is basically building that. Right. That's cool. Which was it's going to tie into the Tales of the Dark Multiverse, um, and you know stuff like that. But we basically get all these evil versions of the Justice League. I don't really have much to say about it because we already knew he was turning some people on the Prime Earth into those who laugh, and we already knew that he was going to build a Justice League to fight against Lex. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's cool. I I, I think that yeah, that makes sense. I, I like the idea that the Batman Who Laughs is kind of lonely. <laughs> <laughs> because it is Bruce Wayne. You know, like, why? if Batman's such a loner, why are there 19 members of the Bat family and he's also a full-time member of the Justice League? Like, it doesn't seem like a loner to me. I never uh, thought of that. You're right. He, like, he's this lone wolf who stare, strikes fear to the hearts of villains with a really expansive family. <laughs> yeah, with like a million sons and daughters and a whole bunch of friends. And he treats all of them like dirt. Like, what? But uh, I like the idea that Batman laughs. It's like, yeah, no, I want to have my own roster of, of characters. But... I, I think that's a great idea in the scope of Batman Who Laughs. Me personally, I'm kind of done with the Batman Who Laughs as far as like seeing him in like everything I'm reading. Like I feel he pops I, up everywhere now, and I'm like, I, I get it. I feel like it. he should have been on once a year, once I, a year, every other year guy. That's what he should have been. They but should just swap him out. Like Joker once a year, the next year Batman Who Laughs. Just keep swapping them back and forth, and then do your horrible Batman Who Laughs versus Joker book. You know, but. At the very least, oh my like, god, spare I didn't us. even think of that. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of fought against him a little bit in Dark Knight's Metal, and of course in the Batman Who Laughs miniseries, but not a straight up like Joker going, "Okay, I've had enough of this guy." You know, <laughs> I think that'd be great. I would like to see that. But, but as far as I, a, a Justice League Who Laughs, meh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm on board. The Dark Multiverse version would be cool. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see them battle. I do. I like this Dark Multiverse idea and these evil versions of our superheroes because what I like about it is all of these fun multiversal ideas because we kill Superman every year. We turn Batman evil every year. <laughs> like somebody, I'm, I like that they're going further than, oh, this is how Superman died this time. You know, like. Right. <laughs> yeah, no. I, 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 I loved the Death of Superman Dark Multiverse issue. I thought it was really fun, and I'm like, hey, what a great exploration of that of that concept. Um, yeah. So I want to see more of it. I, I think that it has it has legs, and it's a great title. Uh, keep it up. It's going to be good. So, uh, okay, moving on. We got Silver Server. Now, you tell me more about this one. So what exactly yeah. happened? Because the note says he spilled his atoms into the cosmos, and that just sounds like a Silver Server porn to me. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> Uh, more or less, like, at, at the end of Donny Cates' run, he did this five-issue miniseries, uh, Silver Surfer Black, and right. basically, of course, he had Silver Surfer fight Null, <laughs> because why wouldn't he? Um, but ultimately, the idea here is that, like, Silver Surfer kind of, like, goes, like, back in time, more or less, and the uses the power cosmic to seed the, like, universe, and inadvertently or maybe deliberately creates Zen La, the planet from which he is from. Uh, I... I, I think it's a really neat concept uh it's just it's just kind of like more cementing silver surfer into the like birth of and connection to the marvel universe and uh it, it allows for what's his name for uh i don't know for for norrin rad to be cooler again and to be I, to matter <laughs> i always i just feel like norrin rad is just like ghost rider and just like lobo he's very much a character of like the 90s and before he well he, he's a surfer <laughs> you know what's funny? I was actually, uh, uh, that reminded me, that book actually makes a reference to Straczynski's Silver Surfer Requiem, which is a really incredible miniseries with some great, which is, which is some gorgeous art. 
Uh, but uh, Spider-Man asks him, he goes, why a surfboard? Yeah. And he's like, basically Silver Surfer says form follows function. Like, I need to like travel and I need an instrument to do it. And the board is the most like aerodynamic. You know, it's just kind of like, uh, it, it's not a very good answer, but it is enough of an answer to say like, because it looks freaking dope. Because he looks really cool doing it. And, right. uh, and, and that's all he needs. I'll, I will say in Kate's story, he also takes the Stan Lee written Silver Surfer miniseries that was drawn by Mobius and like weaves that narrative in. Because uh, as far as I'm concerned, Silver Surfer Black is Donny Cates' eulogy to Stan Lee. It's very flowery. It, if you ever read so, uh, Stan Lee's Silver Surfer run, it has a lot of, it's the, it's the place where Stan Lee really, really tries to be a writer. And he's just got a lot of really fun prose and, and, and metaphors and flowery language. And if you don't like that kind of thing, you're, gonna, you're not going to enjoy it. Coincidentally, you're also not going to enjoy the Silver Surfer cartoon show. It's exactly like that. Right. The old one from the 90s. But um, it, it's just, it, it, was a, it was a great way to kind of like say goodbye to Stan while also paying homage to what he did and, and, and his impact on this character that was like, that for the most part, like many people, is kind of discounted. People are like, eh, Silver Surfer. He looks cool. He does stuff. Power Cosmic, I guess. Most people are like, is he even still the Herald of Galactus? Like, he hasn't been forever. But like, it, there's a lot to that character if you care about that character. Um, I- and but I'm a fan a, but, of him. I just always oh, yeah. thought of him as a byproduct of like the '90s and before. No, like, he was built. He was created in the '60s. Like he's a yeah, '60s character. Well, but, I mean, uh, '60s, '70s when surfing was big. Surfing well, wasn't big in the '90s, but uh, like it, he's just gnarly. like. We could, just like we can look at Ghost Rider and Lobo and we're like, yeah, they came out around the 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Look at the leather jacket. Look at the bike. Oh, I know. Lobo. Yeah, like you can Their look popularity at all that. certainly stemmed from that. And, and, and the, the iconography, like Lobo is a product of like late 80s roadies and thrasher subculture. Yeah. And so, you know, if and it, it's hard to find a place for him now. <laughs> Well, he's basically just a brute force is what they use him as. And then, you right. know, yeah, Ghost Rider, who up until recently, they can't ever make him interesting. Like, I love Ghost Rider, but every time they, they made him interesting, the book wouldn't sell. He just, oh, look, he's got a flaming motorcycle and there's nothing interesting about him because he just beats people up. That's what he, sold. He's and, a cool <laughs> tattoo. I love yeah. Ghost Rider and his visuals. I actually, did you read the most recent Avengers where, like, Robbie Reyes is fighting against his uncle and he's like, he goes like, hey, listen, for the record, you were the worst Ghost Rider. And Robbie's like, I take that as a compliment because Ghost Riders are stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like fair enough, Aaron. Jesus. <laughs> You're kind of throwing arrows here, but all right. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I mean, I love Ghost Rider. I, I loved his, I, I read the original run where he had to get everyone back into hell, and it was just a carbon copy of one of those TV shows where they did the exact same thing. Right. Um, the, the Damnation was great with Ghost Rider where he took over as King of Hell. That right. was a lot of fun. Uh, and then we have Spirits of Vengeance where the art was just insane with the fire and the brimstone. And then Ghost yeah. Rider 1, I'm loving it because you got basically Johnny Blaze as a villain, but he's still like Johnny Blaze, you know? Yeah. No, it, it, he's sympathetic and interesting. I'm, I'm down for the new series. Um, but you should, by the way, if you, if you like the Silver Surfer, if you've ever been interested, read Silver Surfer Black. It's so good. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll check it out. I started it, I think, at one point, but... Yeah, it's really, it's heady, but, like, not really. And, and plus, yeah. uh, Tradmore's art is, like, the most Kirby-esque you'll get without Kirby, so... The last Silver out. Surfer book I read was Dan Slott's Doctor Who version, which yeah, I, I actually enjoyed a lot. It's fun. It's nothing like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, next up on our list here then, let's go ahead and jump to, to keep us in the comic lineup. Old Man Logan officially dies in Dead Man Logan 12. 
how could we ever have predicted this? <laughs> it's oh, almost look. like they telegraphed it in the title. Oh, yeah, I know, exactly. Well, so, I like Old Man Logan. Me too. But can we just talk about for a moment that Marvel's like, we are finally killing Wolverine. We're finally giving him his due because Mar- Mar- uh, Fox owns the license and we don't want to let him have it. But we're finally giving Wolverine his due. We're killing him. We're bringing back old man Logan. We had him for like five years running around the main universe. It yep. wasn't like a one-off or a special occasion. It didn't go for like six issues and then he went home. There's nope. 50 issues of the original run where he fights Maestro, by the way, <laughs> which dope. is awesome. Awesome and not at the same time because it's like it's kind of maestro, but it's not <laughs> exactly. It's not quite, but it's enough where you're like, okay, it's cool. Yeah, but I know it's not. And then the, and then they're like, we got Wolverine back. Oh no, we we kind of killed Old Man Logan. What if we started another one, Dead Man Logan? <laughs> I can't. I mean, like, I can totally believe that because that's so Marvel where they're like, okay, let's kill him. We we could just kill him at the end of Old Man Logan. Or we could do a whole series where he where we tease his death, like we did with Wolverine. Wolverine died in a series called "The Death of Wolverine." <laughs> so yeah, uh, but um, I'm sad. I feel bad because like poor old man Logan, you know he didn't he never really got a good shake because like on one hand, you know Wolverine is old man Logan because like he's yeah. old and he's grizzled and he's miserable, but then you have like older and more grizzled. Like I don't know. <laughs> The problem with Old Man Logan, I think, is the entirety of his existence in the main Marvel Universe was just... It was almost like they used him as, okay, we're going to really make a depressing version of Wolverine. We are going to constantly beat him down, tear apart his friends, make him panic about a Hulk baby. We are going to make this the most depressing Wolverine ever so that we can just kill him in the end and you get like a sad story of an old man Wolverine. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Well, for me, I'm like, why don't you just like send him back? Like, uh, does he need well, to die? Well, they did. They did for a little while, and then he I came know. back. <laughs> I know, but like, don't leave him here. Like, he he can only die here because here's because he's redundant. So yeah. get rid of him. But like, send him back, you know, or give him a give him a send off, or make him you know make him a cosmic character like he did with Ulysses or something. You know, like do something cool with him. Make him you know make him a phoenix or something. Make him a Thor. I don't know, but like. Don't just kill him off. He's he's got a he's 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 here. He's got a full history, and and most of us like this guy. And you forced us to follow his adventures <laughs> because you got rid of the other Wolverine. Yeah, um, and then poor Laura got got marginalized too. Like I don't know. I. I I feel bad for the Laura situation because everyone always, like during that whole period where Marvel swapped out every one of their superheroes, which as we've now discovered was pretty much just editorial not talking to each other, and they just happened to do it all at the same time. Uh huh. I I as much as I know about how comics run. People like to be like, no, 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 that was a whole uh, push to try and push down these minorities and, and women in our throats. I'm like, no, I, nope. I know enough from the inside <laughs> to know that they probably didn't talk to each other, and that's entirely what happened. Yep, it's um, just they had, they had too few editors. Like, it was yep. just there weren't enough editors, and once one or two of the writers were able to get away with doing something that they knew the editorial department probably would have said no to, they told all their friends, and they all were like, let's do it, let's do it now. No one's yep. paying attention. That's and exactly so what that. happened, because, I mean, if you don't know... Uh, Fun fact about character creation, real quick, and this is and this is why I feel bad for the uh, X twenty three situation. Yeah, um, 
if a, if a writer makes a character and that character takes off, they get residuals forever for it because that character is their character. Brian right. Michael Bendis making Miles Morales means that every time Miles Morales is used, they're getting paid. Yeah. It's the big reason why you don't see static shock in DC yeah. because whatever the issue is, DC doesn't want to pl- pay the family. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> that's why. Bo- go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say like, you know, it's funny that when um, when when Bendis created Riri Williams, uh, uh, a a a black American tech head who wore an Iron Man suit, there obviously was one named Lila Rhodes, who was James Rhodes's niece, who was exactly that. Yeah. But Bendis wouldn't get paid forever <laughs> if, if, if he used her. If he just made her interesting. Yes. So, Rhea Williams exists. Like, the same thing with uh, Amadeus Cho Hulk. I guarantee yeah. you that it was so different from the original that the Greg Pak can get paid for Totally Awesome Hulk. Yeah. As opposed to, because that's another thing. You could take a character, change it so much that you can actually argue, I I deserve residuals for the direction I've taken a character. Yeah. But you can't like, but like if Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider is another good example. Like he was created, and whoever made him is getting paid. These yeah. are all current creations. So when one writer's getting away with it, they're all going to be like, "I got to make mine, and maybe it'll take off, and I get paid." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, like, writers oh, don't get paid well. <laughs> yeah, they barely get. They don't get health insurance. Like, it's it's hard work, and yeah, and you know, as you get old, you know, like you, the the Comic Con that you go to is full. Of people who built your dreams and now are signing your books and don't have any more work to do, like you know, creating a character and having something in perpetuity, particularly in a in a media dominated world where it's like, hey, listen, you know, Riri's cool and all, and we're gonna make some comics, but like maybe they'll make a cartoon show after her or a movie yeah. or something. And hey, listen, like if if that happens, I get a check for those, and then if those get like syndicated, I get a check for that like forever. So it's all about figuring out how to make this fun, awesome job that doesn't pay very well pay enough for you to keep doing that fun awesome job yep uh so. I, uh Tevi brought up to you, kabbalah khan's a great example silk G. willow wilson's doing well silk that was why silk was i guarantee that's why dan slot made silk i'll make my own spider woman yep you know so that i can try to get her to sell and i actually liked silk i thought silk was a great invention i hated her when it. first showed up but like they other people did better stuff with her and so she yeah. became a character oh, yeah. her again. first like, appearance was kind of like this is so redundant there's no rough. reason for this it was bad uh, but yeah but once they started deep diving into her own lore i really liked her same thing with spider gwen when yeah. spider gwen first showed up i was like oh what is this and then they ran in their own direction with it and i'm like that's fun yeah um but anyway, back to the topic of X-23. I, I felt that she got the shaft in this whole old man Logan, dead man Logan, Wolverine. Because of all the timeline things that made sense, Wolverine dying and her becoming Wolverine made sense. And right. she didn't do it in the manner of like, oh, I am Wolverine. It was like, I'm honoring my basically father. Right, you know, exactly. And, like, and that made sense. And Tom Taylor gets like nothing, no, almost like no credit for that because... They just had to revert her back to being X-23, and yeah. that was the end of that. <laughs> I know. She looks better in the yellow and blue anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked that whole thing, the whole X-23 yeah. is Wolverine thing. I agree. Um, if anything, they should have like somehow figured out a way to make it work continually or something like that. I don't know. But right. We tried two Captain Americas. That didn't work, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone had to give up their shield. <laughs> That's right. Listen, there's only one shield made of vibranium, and someone's got to hold it, so what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, a uh, little yeah. tangent aside on that one, uh, it, it's 
<laughs> just going all the way back to the to the character. What we, this all started with? Let me look that back up real quick. All right, old man Logan dying. So anyway, oh yeah, that's right. He's dead. So anyway, uh, he'll be back. <laughs> I don't think he will. Sure so I don't know. So old man Logan came out obviously pretty popular. The book ran 50 issues in a day and age when Marvel was restarting Spider-Gwen every six pretty yeah. much. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. the fact that it went 50 issues means that it was selling very consistently. Yeah. And they launched like almost spinoffs. Old man Quill, old man uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. They made and they're old good. Man Deadpool and old man Spider-Man. They were just in Spider-Man Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Old Man Quill and Old Man Hawkeye are pretty good. Like, yeah, Old Man Quill is fun. <laughs> I didn't even read either one of them. I was just Old like, Old Man oh. Quill. I, I would read Old Man Quill more. I, it's 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 pretty cool. Dan started Old Man Hawkeye and it got. He was just kind of like, it's not good. Don't read it's, it. And I'm like, it, okay. Old Man Hawkeye is easy to skip because it's a prequel to Old Man Logan. You know what's going to happen. Uh, those are always the worst when you put out a prequel. Yeah, but Old Man Quill, pretty cool. Check it out. So, okay, moving on then. <laughs> I think we've tangented enough on the why, why new characters are created when there's existing characters out right. there. Um, for the record, it's the same reason why TV shows do it. Why do you think yep. they made John Diggle and Felicity? It's whoever created that. <laughs> if those characters can live on, they'll get paid. Yeah, why does Ollie have a sister? Because now the person who created her can have that character forever. Yep, that's exactly, that's why you see these creations. It's why there are 900 spider people. Right. Yeah, That's, yeah. Why? I, yeah, it's why things that happen to those characters don't happen to Peter Parker because, like, otherwise, just a forgotten story in Spider-Man's history, as opposed to a check in my bank account. So, right. Yeah. That's why there's like Spider Woman, uh, Ayana Cor- Corazon. Yeah. Corazon, How many Spider yeah. Women are there now? We got Silk, Spider Gwen, and Jessica. There's three. There's also. Uh, oh yeah, Jessica Drew. There's uh, Ayana. Ayana. I can't pronounce her name, but Cor- oh, the, uh, yeah. You got. Uh, you got. Basically, Aranya. Um, Aranya, that was it. That's that's another one. (laughs) uh, Julia Carpenter, who is technically uh, Madam Web. Does Madam Web count? She's dead, but she was a spider person or a spider woman, too. Uh, I won't count her because the spider women I'm thinking of all have the same power set. (laughs) Right, right, right. Okay, uh, then alternate realities. You got uh, got Spinneret from the uh, Reunion (laughs) of Vows Why do you you uh, think they didn't revive? Why do you think they, they made a new... Mayday Parker for Renew Your Vows. Exactly. Instead of just may- continuing Mayday Parker. Yeah, because like even though Dan Slott doesn't want to talk about a married Spider-Man, when he spun out the Renew Your Vows thing, he's like, mine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got Spinneret and Mayday Parker. Uh, yeah. And then, the, oh, Maddie Franklin, uh, J. Jonah Jameson's adopted daughter. She was a spider person too. Yep. Uh, there's more. Uh, so what oh, we're getting Spider at, Gwen. Yeah. Spider Gwen. Yeah. <laughs> and you know why they keep making those? Oh, people like Spider Man, and they like Spider Man with boobs. So let's just make Spider Women all galore. Hopefully, one of them catches on. <laughs> yeah. And I'd say probably fifty percent of them did. <laughs> yeah, they're all still here, aren't they? They are all. The still only here. one you never really see is uh, Ariana, the the A N Y A Anya. Yeah. Or, I, you don't see yeah, her ever. Yeah. You don't see Julia Carpenter, and you don't see that Ariana girl ever. Those are the only three that didn't make it. No. Female no, Peter well, Parker can go on that list. The Spider-Woman of the Ultimate Universe. Yes, I forgot <laughs> about that. That's Jessica Drew, too, but also yep. cl- technically cloned Peter Parker. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> I like the uh, slock from our chat to uh, reset what I said. People like Spider-Man. People like boobs. <why not I mean yeah and everybody likes money 
So yeah, everyone likes money anyway. Uh, okay, let's go on to the Valiant 2020 campaign. What yeah. is the? I know we talked to them. We know a little bit about this from having connections with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if there's anything new that was announced. No, we could talk a little bit where we're like, hey, wouldn't it have been cool if there was going to be a Valiant cinematic universe, but there can't be now? Yeah, I mean, and, and when we spoke to asked Valiant about that actually directly, they didn't say really anything about it because they no. don't really, they're the publishing house. They can't really, I mean, that is over their head as to who's getting the rights to each one of these things. Exactly. But um, we do know that Harbinger is over at Paramount now instead of at Sony, so... Which is... Why? Why did you let that happen, Sony? And then keep making Bloodshot. Should have just let them all go. I can't believe they did that. I yeah. guess they were just like, well, because Bloodshot is technically, like, an action character. Like, we... It's basically just like if we had Riddick. Like, so... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's basically what Bloodshot is. I mean, it's... They're doing Vin Diesel, and they're not even putting him in the white body paint for, like, 90% of the movie, so... Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's I mean, just... we got, Let's yeah. get Riddick, but more on the world. <laughs> that being said, like, that the, the U.S. domestic trailer, I was like, oh, this actually looks kind of cool. Like, this looks yeah, like a real movie. It, it does, because up until now, we've heard so much about it in the works that it's just kind of like, all right, well, let's see what happens. Well, and for, and for so... I'm like... Is this movie done? Like, I've been hearing about this movie for, like, five years. Like, when is this going to be over? And then finally we see a trailer. I'm like, oh, my God. It's actually going to come out. Right, right. Um, so, good for them. But, but also, there's not much more damn. to say about it, sadly, because uh, we we talked about a lot of this already. Bloodshot movie, Harbinger movie, Ninjak series is uh, being teased at the moment. Um, yep. Roku came out, great first issue. I loved that. Yes, yes. Um, Bloodshot great. issue two came out, great issue. I loved that. So, it's I mean... I'm liking the direction that Valiant 2020 is going. That the, yeah. the big fix they're trying to do with this whole thing. You got and and what about like what about characters like Rye? Like who owns Rye the movie? Could do that. I don't know. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, I Bloodshot I think first appeared in a Rye comic. So wouldn't it be fun if Rye first appeared in a Bloodshot movie? We we'll just get a mention of him in the movie. That'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be down. So, all right, uh, small leak. I don't know what I don't know what we're supposed to talk about this, but I mentioned it on the title, so we'll just take five seconds to go over Why this. Why not? Yeah. Uh, you said you looked at it better. What What is this leak? What What are we, What new information do we get out of this? Uh, basically, we're looking at um, a spreadsheet that Dan DiDio allowed to get leaked. Uh, clearly, it's generated by marketing, uh, in which it shows you. What the the DiDio himself is working on the DC timeline, which couldn't be the worst. It could be the. <laughs> I guess that is the worst option, uh, but basically he's got this timeline uh, of where it's uh, it's broken up into G's generations because of course you know five G or whatever is coming, uh, but uh, G one year one G two blah 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 and so uh, we got we got events uh, characters and each one is broken up by families the Batman family, the Superman family the Wonder Woman family the Teen Titans family. And the JSA family. And so we're looking at things like, uh, with the Batman family, uh, Generation 1, Year 6, Thomas and Martha Wayne get married and also have Bruce Wayne, which means either it was a shotgun wedding or, (laughs) like, we're going to fudge the year. Uh, But that does mean, because in uh, G1, Year 1, Krypton explodes, Rocket crashes into Smallville, which, by the way, again, I guess the year, like, it was only a year-long travel for the rocket, um... That means that Superman is technically six years older than Batman. Cool, I guess. Eh. Um, well, also, Wonder Steve Woman. Steve Trevor? Yeah. Steve Trevor I'm... crashes in Themyscira on the same year that 
that uh, what's his name that that Superman crashes in Smallville. So Steve, Steve Trevor will die of old age, and Wonder Woman <laughs> will uh, will uh, will debut. Um, no, no. What they're doing, I can tell you right now, is they're lining up the Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman World War Two thing or World War One thing. I forget which yeah. World War they're in the it's movie. It's World War Two. Well, they're, it's they're lining, one in the movie. They're lining it up with the movie, though, and now we're just going to get a, a reason Steve Trevor's around. So we're turning Steve Trevor into the DC Universe's Captain America. Right. Oh, that's <laughs> such a good idea. What if we give him a shield? Oh, we'll, yes. We'll make it like a square. <laughs> what, if it's, what, if it's just one, what if it's a Themyscarian shield? How about that? Oh, that makes sense. And what if he has the ability to throw it like a Frisbee? Oh, that'd be great. Well, it's made of, like, special uh, godlike materials, so it's, you know, it's lighter, but it's Vibranio. Stronger. <laughs> Vibranio Excellent. is the material. Uh, also, we're going to retcon that, like, what's it called? Well, not retcon, but we're going to reestablish that Wonder Woman is a member of the JSA, and, you know, so J- Wonder Woman's technically the first superhero. I mean, I'm not against the, the te- like, if you, because, okay, we know that they like to line their movies up with the stuff. The original Wonder Woman movie was, ha- while having flaws, was a pretty incredible movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm not against them kind of converting it from being Man of Steel as the first superhero and turning it into, well, Wonder Woman was, because that makes perfect sense for this World War II thing, and it also gives us a superhero that we can tell you stories of in the World War II, and it also makes a lot more sense for her to be the first, it honestly does, because, okay, let me backpedal a little bit here. Sure. For people who don't know, Batman and Superman have been around since 1938? Uh, uh, I'm trying to, did I 39. No, Batman's 39. I think Superman's 37. So, okay. But yeah. they, in continuity, when it was proper and not broken by New 52 and Doomsday Clock and all this stuff, right? Yeah. When it was proper, they basically did have Batman and Superman in the JSA, and they were the only superheroes that carried over. It was Batman and Superman. And one of them, she was uh, also a member of the JSA. She was, so the three of them. But the way they did it was, as the timeline shifted, um, they just said they weren't around during the JSA, and the JSA was on its own, and if you read issues of the Batman and Superman, that's an alternate universe. Okay. But then they would still say things like, well, the JSA was the first superheroes, but also Superman was still around in 1937. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, eventually they said that, uh, uh, you know, the, the JSA was actually a comic book universe. Yep. And that the real se- heroes are Barry and, you know, Diana and Bruce and Clark. And then, you know, when they were like, no, actually, we want to we keep doing JSA stuff. Then they were like, oh, well, then we'll, we'll merge the universes or whatever. I mean, like, you know, they... You, you could you could watch a video on that. Like, <laughs> I should I probably should make a video of the DC timeline. But the, but basically, what it was is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were actually on the original JSA. And right. once the time, and it was made sense when they said, okay, they're separate universes because they did that until like the 1980s, Crisis on Infinite Earths. They they turned JSA's universe into one universe and Silver Age Barry Hal Batman and Superman into another universe, and that right. made sense. It was like, okay, we're good. And then they were like, Crisis on Infinite Earths put everything into one timeline, and they're like, well. Well, Superman must have been born later because we need him alive now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want him to be 80. So exactly. what, what I'm getting at is by making it official that Wonder Woman is the first superhero, it makes the most sense since technically her power set has always been weird, right. which includes she never seems to age in any iteration. No. <laughs> I can't ever think of an old woman Wonder Woman. Can you? No. Uh, that wasn't in an Elseworlds or oh, something the, like no. that. No, no. Because even in Kingdom Come, she didn't age, did she? She aged, she aged a little bit. Like, she had a little bit of gray in her hair, but otherwise, like, 
She was still able to have children. Like, it was, no, she was not. She aged slow like, like Clark did. Okay. And, and one thing that we as comic book fans have always kind of ignored is that technically Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman have been around since the 1930s. <laughs> right. And we all just kind of chalk it up to being, well, it's, it's a, it's a, oh, it's like an 80 year timeline. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just go like, well, just shut up. Just leave it alone. Who cares? <laughs> just leave it alone. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't harsh from buzz, man. We're trying exactly. to enjoy these things. I, as many things as comic book fans like the nitpick today. Yeah. No one ever nitpicks anything pre-90s at this point. And uh, one of those things is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman being around. Yeah. So if they're going to try and actually fix a real timeline and you want to state that Batman and Superman have been around a, for an appropriate amount of time instead of going ahead and saying they're both 20 again, right. uh, it would make sense to say Wonder Woman was around the, uh, th- during this time period. She's practically immortal. Maybe she ages super slow, whatever the excuse yeah. is going to be. And That's then also <laughs> feed it into the movie universe that they're doing with, which we already know we're getting Steve Trevor back in 1984. So they're going to already finagle how he time travels. Yeah. He's in the yeah. leech stuff. So I'm sorry if you were unaware that he's not in the trailers and things that they put out. But <laughs> Yeah. Now, the only thing we don't know officially before anyone starts blowing up, like, Betty, you're leaking leak stuff. Uh, we, for all we know, it could be a dream sequence, but the current thought process when, fi- when seeing Chris, whatever his name is, one of the Chris's, Chris Pine, Chris, <laughs> Chris Pine seeing him on set is that, well, they're going to find a way to bring him back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, I Actually, I read a leak that says exactly what happens in Wonder Woman 2 because like, they, they had some screeners recently. And uh, Oh, okay. Well, well then, uh, you know, we probably shouldn't do it on the air. I was going to say, yeah, I want to so know, I wanna give it I wanna know what the excuse is as to why Steve Trevor's back. <laughs> yeah, I, I will tell you, and it, let, me, let me put it this way. Uh, it makes sense. Okay. All right, we'll go with that. And you and I can talk off the air about it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it makes sense what they're doing with this timeline. Um, I get it. Everyone hates Dan Dido, Dan Dito, whatever you want to call him. I have I never had a problem. Who cares? I've never had an actual issue with any any decisions he's made, but uh, yeah. What what ones do you hate the most, Sal? Maybe maybe you can start turning me against him because I don't really know what he's done. That everybody right. Hates. Well, that's the thing. It's it's hard to really pin down. It's just like basically you have to track like previous behavior and comments he's made out loud and stuff like that. I I've I've also brought the audience to task where I'm like. Don't just say it's all one person's fault. I want to see evidence to prove it right. because I don't want to go on like our shows and say, yo, this guy is responsible. And the fact is, one person is not responsible for all the reasons like that things don't work the way you want them to. The fact is, like, it is not a, like a, a dictatorship of comics. You know, he has an idea, he implements it, the creators have to make it happen. Like, there's, it's a lot of working parts. And the fact is, he can be overwritten by bosses of his own. So, yeah. you know. And also, like, he's there's co-publishers, there's co-presidents. Trust me, it's not the whole thing. That being said, we know for a fact that he's got an issue. He's got an issue with, like, with sidekicks. He thinks that, like, the age of the heroes. He, he likes the idea of making everyone, like, of making Batman, like, 25. Like, he was the guy who was like, you know, Batman should be, like, young. And, uh, like, and, 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 and I don't know if it's, like, a creepy, like, I need to see my Bruce Wayne being, like, being younger than me. Or if it's, like, a he won't make money if he's old kind of approach. Which, you know, we know that's not true. Uh, but we know he has an issue with sidekicks. We know he has a significant issue with Dick Grayson. And you can tell that basically because during every significant event since he's been started, something happens to Dick Grayson. <laughs> where if the audience eventually gets sick of him or decides they don't care enough about him to like write letters and get upset and all this stuff, then eventually they will just kill him off. 
like he thinks Dick Grayson being like a hero and having like his own legacy and stuff like that makes Batman look really old. And so as a result, like Dick Grayson's been pulled through the ringer a lot. He and, has. <laughs> yeah, and if you look at like all the, th- I'm like, because like they shot him, made him Rick and all stuff. I'm like, didn't they just do this thing to him in Futures in in, uh, in Forever Evil? Like, no, but there sh- he was still a hero. Now he doesn't want to be a hero. <laughs> right. Well, and now, and it's like when you know that like that kind of decision was coming from pretty much one perspective. It, it's hard to swallow the character progression of Dick Grayson being like, oh, I choose not to do this because you know that. Words are being put into his mouth that are by the people who don't want you to like him anymore. Right, so that right. If, if, if the audience collectively says, okay, yeah, I agree, he sucks, then DiDio can kill him off or make him not relevant or whatever. We can have a retcon. We go to a crisis where he was never a Robin, where there were never any Robins, or any of the Robins that were Robins were technically like something else, like how Tim Drake became like Red Robin. There wasn't a, no, 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 there weren't three Robins. There's only two Robins, and then, and then, and then Damien, but Red Robin was somebody else, like... It, it, it's 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 silly, and I don't really like, and I don't I don't have like a roadmap of all the things that Dio did that you can express expressly blame him for. But I can say that like, you know, th- there are things that have his fingerprints on them. Uh, for example, uh, Countdown, um, Future's End, uh, Fifty Two, he worked on, but uh, reportedly begrudgingly. But he liked the success of 52, so he's like, okay, well, we'll just keep doing that. And so, like, all the weekly series that came out after that were mostly his ideas. And you're like, oh. The Batmans worked. <laughs> the Batmans did work, but also people like the second one more than the first one. When you're what, talking Batman about Batman and Robin Eternal instead of Batman or Batman Eternal? Exactly. The only problem I have with Batman Eternal versus Batman and Robin Eternal, Batman and Robin Eternal felt like it took out the fluff, while Batman Eternal was like, we gotta go 52 issues, so throw exactly. in some side like, plots. You, you straight up don't need 52 issues in this book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think people were surprised and annoyed by the reveals. Like, I think the, villain, the first villain reveal versus the second, no, really, this is the villain reveal. Uh, who was the, Batman Eternal, who was the villain in that one? The chat said it was Lincoln March. Oh, yeah, that's right. What basically was kind of like a hush kind of role. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was hush. Oh, it was and hush th- and Lincoln March. <laughs> well, it was har- hush, and then it was like, no, he was being manipulated by me, and you're like, oh god, no, Lincoln March no. sucks. Right, and Mother was the villain in Batman and Robin Eternal, and they just kind of honed in on it being her. Right, which is yeah. smart. Make it one person. Don't make it stupid. Clue Master, thank you. At first, it was Clue Master, and you're like, oh. <laughs> and that was cool because you made oh, something. That's when they made spoiler because it made sense because Clue Master was involved. Yes. And, and his whole like, argument was no one ever knows it's the me. I, you all think I'm like Condiment King. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, that's cool. And then it's like, no, it was one of the big ones. Or one of the new <laughs> ones. And you're like, oh. Anyway. Okay. Well, but anyway, yeah. it's interesting to see that they actually want to make a timeline out of it. For, I, I, what, the, 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 on an ending thought on this, I find it interesting they're making a timeline. Right. When we clamored for it at New 52, we don't generally actually want one. We just wanted some answers in the New 52. <laughs> I, I do want a timeline, but I don't necessarily want to see it. What I want <laughs> is for DC and Marvel to basically have like a board like a, a, or, or, a, or a shared document that says, here's the timeline. Like, here's what happened, here's when it happened, here's who it happened yeah. to, here's who it affects, and here, and, and it's just, it's just basically making it, make it a handy guide for any creator who comes into this shared universe. Because it's like, I remember talking to Ethan about this the other day, where he was like, so you expect anyone who writes for Marvel or DC to have to read all this bullshit? And I'm like, no. I expect them to read the one column for the character they're writing about. Yeah. And, 
at the very least, like know your universe. And if I don't have confidence in the people who are the stewards of that universe to know what's going on, then why do I put stock in it with my time, money, and attention? And that's the thing with DC. And it's like, I think it's why they're doing a timeline, but begrudgingly. And also I think the timeline is an excuse for them to get away with doing, because I don't trust them at all. Like, I think they're gonna like use the timeline to be like, okay, and then because of the time, no, you, you remember, you asked for a time, you wanted a timeline. Here's the timeline. And this didn't happen, and this happened, and this didn't happen, and this happened a little differently. Whoa, 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 I don't like it. Is whoa, 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 excuse me, excuse me. You asked for the timeline. <laughs> I have a feeling it's, it's, it's uh, part of that, but also, they, like you said, they want to bullet point notes so that people can stop doing something and then they have to somehow fix it. Exactly. Yeah. What's the, like, is it, is it better to know what the, what the problems are before they happen? or to have to make books that are specifically engineered to fix continuity. Like, what a waste. Don't do that. Just tell stories. But just tell them in a universe that you understand the rules in. That's all. Yep. No, I agree with you on that one. Um, all right, yeah. Let's move on. to The next thing on the list is the Harley Quinn animated show is coming out. I actually don't have much to say about this. Looks fun. Um, I haven't but... seen it. Did, you, did they send it to you? Because I know they were, they were sending out, like, screeners or getting... Yeah giving promo codes. We didn't get called. Yeah. Which I think is a like real damn disappointment. I, you, you're getting that impression too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Why yeah, no. Is DC? DC! DC Universe, we do nothing but promote your stuff. Please send me stuff. <laughs> we like your stuff. I watched all of Swamp Thing for no I reason. Didn't even watch that that I didn't I liked Swamp Thing. I didn't make a single video about it. I made no money off of watching your Swamp Thing show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I, the show looks fun. I honestly, I'm actually really glad that uh, that Penny from Big Bang Theory is doing the voice because I, I'm, I think I'm done with people trying to do Arlene Sorkin. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do do something else. I I really like that Margot Robbie, especially in the trailer for Birds of Prey, she sounds a lot more like classic Harley, and that's cool. But when it comes to these cartoons, I'm kind of like, just. Just do your own thing. You know, at this point, you're not going to touch the animated series. Do your own yeah. thing. And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I like how they changed it up a little bit because it also clarified because when it's the same voice actor and actresses through all the stuff, it's just kind of, it, I don't know, it feels weird at times because then you're like, well, is this kind of in continuity? Because you're using a lot of the same people. But yeah. I know you're doing it because you just want me to watch this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I find that one a bit weird. Uh, I, I do like having the different people and I, I want to see more people get work instead of just having the same people get the same jobs over and over and over. Well, and that's the thing. Like, that's why I'm really glad like Dietrich Bader's playing Batman in the show, which should contribute to the lighthearted feel, though it is also going to be hard R rated. Um, and I think that's great because Dietrich Bader doesn't sound really old. And so it will be a lot of fun because I love Kevin Conroy. He is the definitive voice for Batman for me. But I think it's time to stop asking him to do them. Because oh, yeah, and that's just it. Like, I, I 100% agree with you. I think he's the definitive Batman. But yeah. we'll, we'll never get another Batman to even try if you don't, if you keep hiring Kevin Conroy to do it. Well, and they, well, they keep getting Jason O'Mara or whoever to do them in those awful direct-to-DVD or direct-to-digital animated movies. And I'm like, just get somebody else. Like, Bruce Greenwood was really good. I liked him. Uh, but for me, it's like the time to get Kevin Conroy to play Batman again now 
is if they were to do Dark Knight Returns, the animated movie, which they already did, but they asked the wrong guy. And it's like, no, Kevin's old now. Have him do Batman. Batman's old. <laughs> like, if you ever do a Kingdom Come animated movie, make Kevin Conroy Batman there. Because he's older. Because <laughs> he's older. But, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a good way to end that topic. <laughs> Uh, all right, Captain Marvel, why is she starting the zombie apocalypse? Why can we not just have one thing where she has proper character development and saves the day at the end? You want her to be this beacon of hope for young girls, a role model, and then she starts the zombie apocalypse. She's the latest villain. She gets beat down in a universe where her powers are taken away. She goes through an existential crisis uh, with a new origin. Just, I... I, I don't, I feel like Marvel, I, it's almost like Marvel, Disney's like, we need a strong female hero. DC has Mar, has Captain Marvel and Pearl Eichmeider is like, run her through the ringer. D make it so that this is the most unlikable character we have you ever created. Do you think it's deliberate? Do you think, do you think Perlmutter's like, no, make her the worst? <laughs> because like, I, I, I would think that Captain Marvel might be the reason that Disney like kicks in the door and goes like, you made well kicked in the door made feige in charge like because carol was more interesting more well-developed and more sympathetic before she became captain marvel at this point yes she was and that, that's something they don't want you to know happened to captain marvel and it's driving me crazy because like i think she's a great character i think she has a rich history she has an intrinsic connection to marvel she is a decidedly marvel character yes uh, and, and and yet it's like they're going out of their way to make her unlikable and i i, I for the life I of me don't understand like if the writers, like someone's like, you have to put Captain Marvel into your zombie story. And the writer's like, okay, but she's going to start the goddamn apocalypse. <laughs> right. And it's like, dude, just, I, I don't get it. I, what they really need to do, I think, to help her is don't tell big stories. Because like part of the reason why Daredevil and Spider-Man and for the larger part Batman are such fan favorite and beloved characters is because... Batman to a lesser extent, but even intrinsically connected to like his origins and stuff, they're just folk. Like they're just people yeah. who, and they have really intimate stories. Like Batman, yeah, he also triggered like the the dark crisis of DC metal or whatever. <laughs> but sometimes they'll also go into the sewer and try to save a little girl from being kidnapped. Like these these intimate smaller tales that have very low stakes but have high stakes for the character are what make us care about them. And Carol needs like. I don't know, 20 of them now to fix all this because like she's a part you, of every big event, but as the worst part of the event. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I don't understand why they just don't like, they need to be like, okay, we either put her away or make her go like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to help you. Like, you know, put her, don't like, just don't put her in the event. Like, just yeah. don't, just I don't understand. Do I don't favor. get it. I, it's like civil. Okay. Secret Wars. She made her own force. Right. And, and and the entire time there was no development for her. She's just, I'm the almighty Captain Marvel. And then we go into Civil War II where she beats down Tony Stark, who's become like a big fan favorite at Marvel since well, his, I, you know. She fell in <laughs> love with this, like for the stupid concept that like no one should, but like, and it's not her fault. It's what they made the writers do with her. Yeah. So, you know, they made her on the wrong side of the argument 
it's, it's, it's just like, I don't Do you get think it. when they did Civil War II, the original idea was like, the fans will side with each of them, not realizing one side was just a dumb argument? They, they did the same thing with the first Civil War. I mean, but, like they, people, but people actually sided with that argument because the argument made sense, you know? Well, until Iron Man started, like, using the, 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 the Thunderbolts and, and, and war profiteering. Like, if you read Civil War one, Tony Stark is the bad guy. Yeah. If you, if you argue Civil War, yeah, Tony Stark is decidedly the good guy. That is completely what they should do. But, like, if it, if it were real, I mean... Um, in Civil War II, Carol's the bad guy. There is no sympathy for her. No, the whole thing is she's just like, no, we have to do this thing. And then they have clear moments. You're like, your thing isn't working. And she's like, no, it will work. You're like, right, and, and like, I get it. Like, you made it so that because she was in love with Rhodey and then he died, like, she's she's really just trying to bring him back through, like, making these, these decisions to try and protect other people. But, like, that's not what's... But she's still making horrible decisions, though. Like, I don't care if it's she's doing it for all the right reasons. She's still the villain of the story. Yeah. And, well, and, and also, like, the whole concept of, well, we'll base legislation around this one person who can die, who can predict the future. Like, no, it's not. Like, it, it would be one thing if Tony, let, just really quick, I don't want to get into a whole pitch session, but, like, Tony Stark accidentally invents a future projection machine. He can read the future. But he realizes that, like, that's a stupid idea and you shouldn't use it. Carol finds out about it, breaks into Stark Industries and steals it. Now that's the thing. So it's not yeah. like a person who can die. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's a machine and technology. And it's like her being like, you're not responsible enough because you don't understand how many people you can save. And he's like, you don't understand what this technology could do. And, you know, that's at right. least something with Civil War II. With Civil War II where she's like, no, this random and human guy, man. And didn't Ulysses turn out to be a fan favorite for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh i mean yeah. it, it was literally just minority report but i don't know i don't, yeah. I don't know what they're doing at marvel why make her the center of the zombie apocalypse uh, i mean you know what dc did for theirs it was cyborg right. you know who's probably got the least amount of fans on the justice league <laughs> cyborg <laughs> and even then and you know what was... they're not trying to do make them into a fan favorite role model for young girls <laughs> listen Deceased. Cyborg is the reason that the not zombie apocalypse happens. The anti-life apocalypse happens. He, I still feel bad for him. Yeah, especially the ending. His ending yeah. on it, where yeah. he's like, "I got no, the answer," Tom, that, and that's all Tom Taylor, man. <laughs> yeah. Can we just say real quick, why did he turn his back? Cyborg at the end of Deceased, it, when he gets the answer and he turns his back to the big demon monster. I'm not going to give that a spoiler away, but he turns his back. Why would you turn your back to the monster? <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, I, I felt bad for him. Like, at least Cy Cyborg is 100% more sympathetic than Carol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I, I'm waiting for them to make Carol a character that I actually care about again. Because yeah. I, I, unlike a lot of people who, like, who want to be very open about it because they love to get clickbait views on it, right. I don't touch Captain Marvel because I like the character. I just want them to treat her right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I want her to be relatable, and I want to get excited about her. And I, I just, like, every time they just do something else, and it's just like, they just miss the mark. I was really yep. excited. The, light, the Life of Captain Marvel, the, the, the retconning history I story, kind of liked that. I mean, I thought the retconning was a bit weird and unnecessary, yeah, but it was still fun. I, I liked I, it. I, I liked it better than most of her yeah. stories lately, but I still prefer the, the Brian Reed run. Like... 
I think the covers to that to the to the the life of Captain Marvel run are better than the story. <laughs> yeah. I I, yeah. I I don't know. I feel bad because it's like if you it's not enough that I'm like I want Marvel to have a Wonder Woman. Like I don't I don't really think that matters. And if I did, She Hulk is that or Should Storm. Be. But uh, in any event, um, but they don't it, at the time they didn't have the movie rights to either one of them. Well, so yeah, no, I understand now, if you go why they back didn't to do like it. Either, it was either a comics experiment or a weekly pull episode, but we actually sat down and we're like, what strong female characters does Marvel have and they can position to be like, and everyone that we Woman. can name was a spider person, an X-Man. <laughs> yeah, they were all mutants or hulks and it was what? like, there was nothing you could do about it. Uh, but it's not enough that I want Marvel to have a Wonder Woman. I don't think that's important. It's more like I, I have, I, I know who Carol Danvers is. I've read her stories. I sympathize with her, and I think she is a strong, interesting character. I don't think she's a Wonder Woman character, but like, I don't think Marvel has Wonder Woman. Like, th- there is no Superman of Marvel. Captain America got uh, technically, but he's also not Superman. Like, yeah, it, it's just like there is no one-to-one allegory for anybody. It, it, so, th- to stop trying to make one, <laughs> you know, just just tell yeah, your right. stories. As much people one will like emerge. Like, oh, as much people like to be like, oh, Marvel and DC rip off each other all the time. They do, but they don't. I mean, like, yeah. once they start developing the characters, they go in totally different directions. Like Quicksilver and Flash, you're like, oh, they're the same character. They're not at all. No. One's a mutant with a sister and a megalomaniacal father, and the other one's uh, the, you know, Barry Allen, CSI. Right. or Wally. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. all, any, there is no there is nah, No, no one likes Wally. <laughs> I love Wally, and that's another Didio thing. Uh, but I, I uh, no, no. No Wally or no Flash is like Quicksilver at all. Yeah, and Quicksilver isn't even—he isn't fa- he isn't as fast as any of them. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's move on from this one. I mean, we're we're just gonna start harping on Captain Marvel and why we want her treated well. Finally, yeah, uh, I don't. Over yeah, over. I don't want to waste time. So, last big topic we're gonna touch on today is so there was a leak from uh, uh, it was uh, twelve days ago. Of yep. the supposed DC Universe, CW, and HBO Max DC shows. Right. No one talked about it in the in the YouTuber rumor mill because typically, unless something happens, this is all rumors that somebody made up. Well, yep. out of those, uh, so the list involves, and this is where you're going to see what we're talking about it. Yep. A Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle on DC Universe. Yep. A Red Hood Titan spinoff, which, oh my God, I would love so much. I know you a, would. <laughs> A Superboy Titans spinoff and a Hawk and Dove spinoff from Titans, which, by the way, still loving Titans, though I think they forgot about the entire cast in the first season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are aware they, they built an entire team up in the first season, right? I mean, right? do you watch it, so? Uh, I watched some of it. I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> well, I, I like what they're doing with season two. They're building up the old Titans and they're showing us how we got to where we were in season one. Cool. Which is fun, but it's become the entire season two is the original Titans and their relationship with Deathstroke. To the point of Gar wasn't in like four episodes and they're having a big fight and he walks out going, what did I miss? And Uh, I'm like, everything, Gar. You missed everything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So anyway, moving on to these topics. So... It looks like what they want to do in the DC universe is just do a bunch of spinoff shows of the Titans, which I still follow up with my secondary question of how are they getting funding? <laughs> I don't know. It's amazing. Like, I don't know when they announced that they were doing like the, the, the one, the, the, the Warner brothers app. I was like, well, that's the end of DC universe. Like, no yeah. two apps. I'm like, what? <laughs> I think I that's great. Know. 
But I'm like, like they're going to do three spinoffs of Titans. How are they getting funding? <laughs> I mean, like, here's the thing. Uh, maybe they're approaching the Titans. The reason why the all of the DC Universe shows that are coming out in the rumored to be coming out in the next little bit, they're all spinoffs from Titans, is because they're approaching it from like the old 1950s movie studio model, where it's like, look, we have this science set. We're filming five different science fiction movies at once. <laughs> and we're going to just rotate. So it's like, listen, we have sets. We have warehouses. We have evil laboratories. You know, we, we have all the sets that could appear in a Red Hood show. Like, you could easily just go like, okay, we just, fil- we just fil- finished filming this episode of Titans. Now get the Red Hood people in. Just shoot everything. <laughs> move the boxes around. And you're good. Like, you basically have, like, the same Red bite. Red like, spends just, most just of his time. Yeah, just Red don't break it down. Yeah, he just spent most of his time sets. at Titans Tower in the Wade Manor. <laughs> yeah, like friggin' Hawk and Dove. Yeah, no, they fight. They fight. You mean you mean to tell me that Hawk and Dove aren't just gonna punch guys in an alley? We got four alleys for this for the show. <laughs> we have four alleys. <laughs> it's gonna look great, and both of them are. And both, by the way, all four alleys just one alley, but dressed differently. Right. So, right. Yeah. I mean, that it, it's it's cheaper to make those shows, and. You could just I mean, it feel, I feel like they spent most of their money on their costumes. Like they got real cosplayers to make the costumes, and that's where all the budget went. Good, they look great. Don't do, yeah. don't don't skimp there. <laughs> so okay, so none of those have been confirmed, but this is where yeah. it gets interesting. Yeah. CW, the rumor was that they were going to start a Superman family show with Lois Lane and the baby, which yeah. Tevi would like me to comment is probably going to be John, but I would love it if it's not John and it's something else just to mess with them. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and for those of you guys who are watching this later, Tevi is one of our frequent viewers, huge, huge supporter of the show, so he gets his he gets his fun mentions. But anyway, it's true. Um, they actually announced the Superman show. Yeah. So great like, idea. Oh, so we're getting some credibility to these rumors. But they, uh, on that list is that CW is also shopping around a or they're shopping around the Metal Men show. Yeah. Why does DC keep trying to make the Metal Men a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I understand that they have their friend they have their fans. I am not amongst them, but uh, who who is a fan of the metal men? <laughs> they'll, they're all in the comments, and they're going to be mad at you for saying that. But like, <laughs> I, I I'm not one of them. I don't care about the metal men at all, and so I'm not going to watch a metal men show. There's nothing you can do to get me to watch a metal men show. But what if it has cyborg in it, like the new Fifty Two version? I don't care about that. I don't like cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, I really, I'm not, I'm not going to watch that, but it's fascinating because they're saying maybe it'll be shop around networks and they're and like CW will be their temporary placement. I don't yeah. know anyone who would option a metalman show. Like where would it go? Well, well, looking at the fact that they approved the Superman show, we already know that they are doing a canary spinoff. Um, right. They're apparently confirming and dropping hints and we're going to get resolution to the John Diggle Green Lantern plot line in this season of Arrow. Okay. Uh, it looks like CW is like, oh, Arrow's ending, and you know, Supergirl and Flash probably got like one to two more seasons in them. Yep. We're going all in on these superhero things. We're doing everything you ever wanted. And I also love the response of people going, well, Benny, why, why can we get Superman but not Batman? Because they're telling Batwoman's story. Why, why, why? I, and here's yeah. the kicker. Here's the kicker, guys. See, look at what happened with Supergirl. Supergirl came out, introduced a Superman that you all asked for. Every season, can we get a Superman show? And yeah. Supergirl's on its fifth season, or if yep, Gary's nodding. And if you go to the standard life of a TV show, they go between five to ten seasons. Yep. Ten is really stretching most shows. Big most time. of them end around six and seven. Don't you think it was real convenient that they did Supergirl all the way to basically completion? 
before shopping Superman. Now, let's take that same aspect and go to Batwoman. It's going to take us three seasons to get our Bruce Wayne, probably. Yep. <laughs> That's right. And when we do, he'll start popping up, and you're all going to go, we want a Batman show. And at season five to six, Kate Kane's going to go, it's time for me to move on and retire the Bat-Cal, and yep. guess who's going to come back to Gotham finally? <laughs> right? I mean, especially because they've proven that there is no major significant confusion between audiences where it's like, there's a Superman movie, there's a Superman character in the shows. No one's confused. Yeah. Um, like, and the no super, one's confused I, I'm actually Flash. curious, because they're saying that the CW Superman show, they're trying to do a family angle, like a family right. show with them. And I like that because if you just did Superman, it would just be Supergirl. That's well, literally all it would be. Well, the show is apparently called Superman and Lois or something. And so... What you don't want to do is draw the connection between Superman, Lois, and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, <laughs> yeah. which was literally just a rom-com with Superman in it. Um, CW is a network that we've gone on record for a number of episodes where it's like, this is a, sh- this is a, this is a network for like preteens and teens. It's about drama. Yep. It's about like love and sex and romance and stuff. And also and I like most of the shows. <laughs> right. But like... Yeah, CW being a show about like a newlywed couple, that's exactly that's their bread and butter. Like yep. it's just they'll they'll that are dealing with a child, but conveniently one of them has superpowers. <laughs> right. Like the last, but the last thing you want is Batman to go on the CW. He wouldn't fit because the version fit. of Batman that the CW would create wouldn't fit. Batwoman no. is kind of a stretch. I it, like the Batwoman show. I think it's doing a great job. I mean, obviously there's there's some problems. I think the costume needs a little bit of work. Uh-huh. I don't think Ruby, I'm I, I'm hoping Ruby Rose can pick up the slack and become a good actress by the end of the season. She's not, <laughs> she's not terrible. She's not, but she you can tell she's never been in a headlining role. Right, like her emotions are always tough lesbian girl in every movie she's been in. She was in Orange yeah. is the New Black. She was in The Meg and everything was like, check it out. I'm the outside of the box lesbian girl that, you know, you're all gonna, and I have yeah. five lines. Triple X2. Triple X2. She did the same she, exact thing. It's, that's, that's her. So she fits the idea of Kate Kane because that's Kate Kane. Right. <laughs> but the problem is Ruby Rose has never had a role that had more than like 20 lines an episode. Yeah. So she didn't have to like exercise any v- real acting chops. Now it's not to say she can't really. I mean, they picked her for a reason. Um, I, she I mean, probably I, auditioned well. I mean, the fact she is she probably like, auditioned well, right? And, and, and when I you like audition, her stuff. you don't have the full. Sh- and she, I do like it. Yeah. I'm hoping by the end of the season, she kind of like finds she grows as an actress and can yeah. do more than what she's doing right now with the show. That my two biggest complaints are that she does need to grow as an actress. I feel like they kind of rushed her into that role. Because I feel like she could do a great job with the role, but yeah. I think they rushed her into it, and I, I feel like the suit needs some work still. The suit but, I mean, needs some work, despite it being pretty good. Like it is pretty good. The helmet, the cowl, the, the cowl. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like it's just like Flash. Like like season two, we got it perfect. And why do we keep changing it? I don't know. <laughs> I know what you mean. No, it's true. Uh, yeah. So yeah, she was a mute in John Wick two. Our chat says yeah, she was. She like she's oh, good for go. the. I think Ruby Rose is great for the appearance, the attitude. She fits that for Kate Kane perfectly. Totally. She just needs more acting practice to kind of pull it off. Now, one thing did come out and everyone's saying she got injured in those first couple of episodes. Yeah. So there's a very good chance she was like hopped up on painkillers trying to do it. Right. 
yeah, and so the, she wasn't really doing her best because right. I mean, apparently she, she was legitimately injured, and she had to finish like a certain set of episodes so that they could put her on a hiatus. Oh, that's right? Yeah, I saw yeah. her surgery. She released like a video of her surgery on Instagram, and I was like, "Holy crap!" It was like spinal surgery. Like she it got a spinal real surgery. injury. This yeah, isn't like I banged yeah. my hand and we need to hide it. You no, know? it was like I might be paralyzed. Kind of surgery. Yeah, yeah. and it was no. from the show. So yeah, yeesh. But good for her that uh, that she was able to like overcome, do better, like get better, yeah. and be and wants to keep doing it. It's funny because um, when it comes to the Batwoman complaints, like I'll chalk up. Okay, you, you you don't like her acting. Okay, that's 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 that works. Uh, you don't like the the cow. That I agree with that. You can't argue like, with that. You, yeah. You don't even like the recreation of some of the characters, like Hush and stuff like that. That's fine. Um, the one that I hear and I, I just kind of like wave off. I don't like the uh, the LGBTQ uh, agenda in the show, and I'm like that you've never read Batwoman because that is literally that book. It's even when she's in a team book, that is literally her. Like, and listen, like the fact is she's gay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and there's nothing that's going to change that. It's part of her character and it would be irresponsible if she wasn't, if, if the stories didn't in some way talk about that. Right. Because it's an opportunity to talk about that. Um, I mean, heck, even when she popped up for her quick appearance in Red Hood, the comic, at the end when Red Hood's walking off, Renee Montoya shows up, and like they clearly like this is her girlfriend. I'm like, I was just sitting there like, oh, you ruined Red Hood. Yeah. What? <laughs> Don't remind me that gay people exist. Damn it. <laughs> um, I think they've done a good job of not shoving it in your face, but just treating her like her actual character. Right. So whenever I hear that complaint, my general reaction is, did you not know what you were getting into when you started watching the lesbian superhero show? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, then that's right. Um, and then, but anyway, and then HBO Max has shows. Yeah, I was gonna say. Moving on to the next, I'm, I'm trying to talk as we go, Sal. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, HBO Max has announced that they're going to do quite a few things. Um, Vic the Question is on the rumor mill. Yeah. But we have confirmation on Green Lantern Show, not John Diggle. Sorry for all you Arrowverse fans. Nope. Nope. It'll uh, be its own thing. Yep. And Strange Adventures, which is an anthology show where they can f uh, spotlight DC superheroes that are not big enough to get their own shows. Right. Like a Spectre, probably, or, yep. uh, you know, The Creeper or Ragman. Um, which would be really cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've heard, and this is this is the rumor, right? The HBO Max is going to be doing these four different shows. And we heard, like, yesterday at the time of this recording that HBO said out loud, like, we want to DC to produce shows with movie budgets. Right. Well, so somebody's like, uh, there you have those characters, some of those characters, like Ragman was on Arrow, and you're right, um, but CW, well, here's the, DC the Universe might cross over with HBO Max. It might, because they're doing Doom Patrol on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, CW has always been a self-contained universe. That's why it's called the Arrowverse. So anything from Arrowverse can possibly re, like, just like Green Lantern. If, yeah. it, like Green Lantern is going to be different, not because they're going to like uh, reference John Diggle. It's going to legitimately be pretty much in the same universe as Doom Patrol and Titans and stuff like that. So, yeah. and it's cool that like the CW universe is referencing the movies and stuff in their crisis. But the fact is, they're never gonna put the CW TV actors and stuff into their movies, right? I hate Ever. to say that because I was a big adamant. I, I argued quite a bit that when the Flash was announced as Ezra Miller, yeah, Grant Gustin. Just, just give us Grant Gustin. But 
I do agree. Same thing with the Netflix shows. And they're like, oh, we, I was like, just put, you know, Car- Charlie Cox into an um, MCU movie. Uh, I, which the, I think they're going to, by the way. <laughs> yeah, apparently, they're going to reboot Iron Fist. That's another rumor. Great they're idea. Iron Works Fist, for me. And they're rebooting Daredevil, but Charlie Cox is going to be Daredevil again, apparently, supposedly. Yeah, I, That's the rumor. I, yeah. I heard that rumor <laughs> that, like, with the Daredevil reboot, it'll be like, Charlie Cox, Daredevil, D'Onofrio's Kingpin, maybe Bullseye. That's yeah. it. And everyone, and it's going to be a fresh start on them, just like they were bringing back the actor for Ghost Rider, but they're going to reboot Ghost Rider. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> hand to God, I'm, that, that's fine with me. Go ahead. Yeah. I so love, anyway, um, I love those guys. So yeah. But anyway, but, uh, with the, when it comes to these shows, they've announced all of them right now, and like CW is never going to merge over. And the overall mentality in Hollywood, from what I gather, is you can go from movie to TV, and you still gain respect. But like the TV show actors don't have the respect to go into movies normally. They don't. They they just they just don't. And you you can. Greg Rustin will be, uh, if he hasn't been in movies already, I don't know, but like, he could do it, but yeah, I don't think yeah. that DC, but DC's working on something else. Like, DC Warners does not want you to think about those shows when you're seeing the movies. Well, I agree with that, and, and the fact they made DC Universe shows that they, they want to have some clear separation from the CW Universe. Yeah. CW's doing its own thing. They're going to have the married Superman. Do you think Man of Steel 2, when it finally ever comes <laughs> out, is going to have married Superman? No. No. Well, it maybe will they not, will be, but they won't have John well, or anything. They're Tyler go like, Hoechlin will not be Superman in that movie. It, yeah, exactly. Even though I think he's one of the best Supermen we've had. He's pretty great. I yeah. do like him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. But it's and also the, why Brandon Routh is going to be in CW as Superman. But Because he's already Superman. on payroll. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's true. Um, um, but yeah, no, the last show idea. that they've announced is the Lobo show may get moved to HBO Max. Apparently it was going to, I didn't even know this was going to exist, but it was going to be yeah. a spinoff of Krypton. Yep. I heard it was canceled. I heard like they, they were like working on the Lobo show before Lobo even appeared on screen and then they were like, ah, and then they canceled it. Apparently it's on the list of possibly going to HBO Max. That'd be fine. I know it makes sense. Although I don't know if that's such a good idea to connect it to Krypton. So they probably won't. Right, yeah, with Krypton being done. Um, it may be a situation that they, it was so far along in development that HBO's like, let's just pick it up. You know? Right. Ah, screw it. We got no more Game of Thrones dragon things. Put the <laughs> Lobo on there. So the only reason I give any credence to all of these leaks, though, is the fact that Superman was announced, Green Lantern yep. was announced, and Strange Adventures was announced. Yeah. So that's almost half this list. Right. <laughs> yeah, so there's probably something going on there. I mean, the fact yeah. is, like, you know, with, with with leaks, you know, you have to wonder, like, where they came from and, and take them with a grain of salt, and you always do that. But when you get announcements that come on the heels of this kind of thing, you go, oh, maybe. So anyway, Sal, I guess that kind of concludes most of our major topics of the day. I think so, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, do you have anything you want to add before we kind of close out? No. Surprisingly <laughs> enough, I... You know, I was just thinking about, like, if there's anything big on the horizon that I'm, like, really hyped for. And it's like, no, I'm just kind of, like, enjoying it right now. I'm just, you know, there's a yep. lot of things on the horizon. There's a lot of things I'm enjoying in comics and in TV. And, you know, I'm, just, I'm excited for the future. Um, so oh, I do want to make one statement real quick that's on our comic book lines because I get these questions a lot on my gaming channel. And I'll probably get a bunch here. Uh, there are leaks for the supposed new Arkham game. Now, I am avoiding reading them, and I'm not going to comment on them because I have done a lot of things at WB that have given me a lot of access behind closed doors, and to avoid any potential rumors coming out of me or any connections, I'm not reading the leaks, and I'm not commenting on the leaks. So, Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) I've, I've seen way too many behind closed doors stuff that I was privileged to 
that I am not commenting on and I'm not going to like I if I read them I could slip up and confirm deny things exactly. I'm not even doing it so yeah. leaving it alone yeah actually you know it's funny you mentioned that I'll, I guess we'll take the opportunity to say this uh, somebody asked us I think on Twitter they were like what do you do in the event that you like hear rumors or you hear leaks or someone that is on the inside track tells you something when you're doing these kinds of shows when they ask you a question that is that could be answered by your privileged information like how do you combat that and uh, I, I, I didn't get a chance to answer them but I guess I'll say it here because it's like we do comment on a lot of stuff and we do actually occasionally have access to privileged information and we work with these people and part of the reason uh, or part of the way that we combat uh, potentially leaking anything is uh, or, 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 or spoiling anything is by just either like you know kind of like generically answering the question the same way that like they do you know looking at how they answer those questions um, you know the pursuing an, a completely different line of thinking that is totally irrespective of what we heard is right. a good way to do it um, but you know just we, we will we, you will never find on our shows that we will say out loud the thing that we were told by people who are in the know. Right. For me, I, I, I just clearly deny anything that I know uh, in general. Right. I avoid anything because I'm not a rumor channel. I'm not here to speculate and talk and try to get you hyped up about things that don't exist. No. Uh, a lot of companies, and not just WB, but even DC and Marvel, uh, Square Enix, I've worked with a lot of companies. You get privileged to go behind closed doors because I'm not a rumor channel, and I'm not going to become one. So... Yeah. I, I release information that they want me to release, and if they don't, I don't talk about it, and that's the right. end of it. Like that, and that's all it is. I use they can use me as an outlet to get that information out there, and that's how I've always treated those situations because totally. I don't depend on here's some speculation, guys. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, neither of us produce videos that are. Is this the thing? Right. Like, no, we'll right. never do that, and so it would not help us to even start doing that because right. we have we have avenues that allow us to work with people like on that side that, you know, would be hurt if we were to start doing that. So, you know, don't, don't ever take our word as like, Benny confirmed it. <laughs> you know, like, no. And, that, and that's just it. Like, I, I don't, I don't even read a lot of the leaks in general. No. Because honestly, 99% of them are just some guy on Reddit that every leak I hear is like, it's from a random guy on Reddit uh, who may yeah. be reliable. www.wenowwhatsgoingon.com <laughs> <laughs> says, based on an unconfirmed suspicious report, that <laughs> such and such is happening, and they've never been right before, but they're saying it now. I'm right. like, thank you for polluting my feed with this, like, made up nonsense. <laughs> I mean, and the fact of the matter is this, I could sit here and name a thousand and one things that are going to be in the new Arkham game. And if I get two of them right, everyone's like, Benny had inside information. Right. No, it's like, <laughs> no, it's just, we, I live and breathe, my friend. I live in this world. I know I what they do. at 99 things and got two right. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, uh, let's go ahead and close out today's episode of Absolute Comics. If you enjoy Sal, go check him out over at Comic Pop. You can find me over at the Comic Storian or right here on this Twitch channel where we do podcasting every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. We do about seven total podcasts from conspiracies to video games to talking about TV shows and comic books and just general discussions right here. If you want to support this channel and support the show, consider subscribing right here at the Twitch channel. For $4.99, you get access to a bunch of emotes. You get to have a lot of fun with us, and you directly support our projects. If you don't like supporting us over here on Twitch, you can easily go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash comicstorian, or patreon.com slash comicpop, where both of us release early access to this show when Dylan remembers to give us the link. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened last time, but uh, yeah. it won't happen again. 
No, no, no. So anyway, uh, yeah, you get early access to both of those. We try to, for the most part, we try to make them kind of come out around the same time frame. At most, you get a couple hour difference between the two of us, depending who's at their computer and who's not. Nothing major. Uh, but you can support us directly in that manner. You can also go to G Fuel and get 10% off your order if you go to basically order your stuff up. I prefer the new PewDiePie flavor. It's delicious. Um, but you can go and order it up and get 10% off using the code COMICS. Uh, and that is all of our avenues. Uh, thank you guys for your support today. Uh, and I guess... Bye, everyone. So long.